Hello and welcome to the Bits of Balance podcast, a place where health and wellness is talked about and viewed through more than just a physical lens, but an emotional, social, spiritual, and intellectual lens as well. Over here, we believe that health-promoting behaviors should add to your life rather than take away from it. I'm your host, Jacqueline Bett, a non-diet registered dietitian to be, a certified personal trainer, and an extreme ice cream enthusiast. In this podcast, you will hear special guests and myself share our journeys and how we are working to find balance in our own lives. We will also discuss ways to ditch diet culture and find food freedom. We'll also be diving into how to discover your own healthy relationship with exercise and ways to be at peace with your body. But most importantly, I hope for this podcast to inspire and motivate you to find your own balance while practicing wellness without obsession. So let's dive in and discuss some bits of balance. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today I recorded my very first episode with a guest. The special guest today was Addison Barnhart. She is a soon registered dietitian to be. She just finished her dietetic internship this semester and graduates in May of 2021 with her master's in nutrition. She also recently opened up her own coaching business, Addison Barnhart Nutrition LLC, where she helps women to find their balance between nutrition and life. Addison believes that at times nutrition and fitness is taken to extremes. It may take over one's entire life instead of enhancing their quality of life. And Addison's mission is to show women that it's okay to hang out in the gray area of nutrition and fitness and that health is so much more than just the perfect physique. So as you can already probably tell, Addison's mindset around health and thoughts around fitness and food heavily align with mine and Addison is incredibly knowledgeable in the area that she works in, and she's also extremely relatable. Like, I know that I could relate to many of the experiences that she was talking about, and I think a lot of you will as well. So if you're interested in learning more about intuitive eating and how to keep a healthy mindset around, you know, your workout routine, fitness, and your body in general, then I think this is going to be a great episode for you to listen to, and I am confident that you'll learn a lot, so let's get into it. Start off by doing a little this or that with Addison, just for fun. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right, perfect. So soft serve ice cream or hard serve? Hard serve because of all the chunks. I love that. (laughs) Coffee or tea? I can't live without my coffee, but I do like tea as well. I would say coffee for sure. Coffee, yeah. I'm a big coffee girl as well. Um, And then pancakes or waffles? Waffles because all the little pockets that collect the syrup. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, And then, ooh, deadlifts or squats? Uh, That is a hard one because I don't like either of them. Really? Okay, I do. But I don't know. I would say probably squats with lighter weight. I think you can really get into the groove of doing them. But I'm not a heavy lifter at all. Okay, makes sense. Um, And then the last one is... Fruits or veggies? Mm. Oh my 
my gosh, that's a hard one because I love both. I feel like I'm, I have to be in the mood for either. I would say I could just always eat a bunch of fruit, but like for vegetables, like I tend to struggle with getting those in. So I would say fruit. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I think I would say fruit as well. I, I like literally have to have some sort of fruit with my breakfast every morning. I feel like mm-hmm. yeah. it's just the routine. Um, I'm just going to kind of start by having you introduce yourself. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about who you are and some bits and pieces of your story, maybe from like high school to college to now um, in regards to food or fitness or your life in general. So so go ahead. All right, here we go. This is probably going to turn into a ramble because that's what always happens. (laughs) But hey, everyone, I'm Addison. Um, I am currently in my master's program at Kent State University in dietetics. I will soon be a registered dietitian. My goal is by August or September of 2021 to get those credentials behind my name. Um, So I just finished my dietetic internship, which is amazing, like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It was definitely a challenge. So it's nice to have that part of dietetics out of the way. And I can kind of feel like I'm just beginning my life over again. It's pretty relieving. Um, But yeah, I was a gymnast when I was younger. So in high or middle school, high school, even like elementary school, I always did gymnastics. So I did that for 10 years of my life. And then in my senior year of high school, I ended up fracturing my L4 vertebrae. So couldn't do gymnastics anymore. I say I retired, even though, I mean, I basically just quit. But (laughs) so in high school, I was always very athletic, very like focused on how to fuel my body for athletics. And once that's kind of how I got into dietetics, I had always been interested in like fitness and um, food and ways for like to feel myself for sports performance wise. And then once I stopped doing gymnastics, I kind of was like, okay, well, what do I do now? Like, I don't really have another sport I could just jump into. It's my senior year of high school. People don't start sports their seniors of high school. So I ended up going to college. I did my undergrad at Ohio State in the um, human nutrition science dietetics program. I think that's what it's called. Um, So I got my BS in dietetics from Ohio State. And then my sophomore year, I think it was sophomore, sophomore year at Ohio State, I had like started getting into, well, really my freshman year, I started getting into running. I ran like 10 miles a day. I was just like always running. I don't know what made me want to be a runner because I do not run now. Um, But I was a runner. And then I would go to the gym, like and lift weights after my 10 mile runs. Like I was always in the gym over exercising, over training, etc, etc. It was, I don't know why I ever put myself through that. And then, Mm. (laughs) and then, like, as we kept going, as I kept going through college, um, I got into bodybuilding my sophomore. I don't know if it was my sophomore year or my junior year. It was 
2017. So I think that was my junior year. I started bodybuilding. So my roommate at the time, um, she wasn't into bodybuilding then, but we kind of like gotten into bodybuilding together. And then she had introduced me to, okay, well, let's back up a little bit. So (laughs) I had gotten into bodybuilding after my boyfriend at the time broke up with me. So I needed like something to like keep my mind occupied, something that was going to make me better. I say that in quotes, even though you guys can't see that. Um, But just like as a way of kind of like self-improvement, focusing on myself, um, wanting to be better, wanting to be the best, wanting to look the best. I don't know if it ever was like a revenge body kind of thing that I was going through, but I really just needed something to keep my mind off of him. So got into bodybuilding. My roommate then introduced me to um, my coach, my bodybuilding coach at the time. And then we kind of just hit it off from there. I ended up doing my first bodybuilding show in September of 2017. I think it was 2017. It may have been 2018. Shoot, I don't know. It feels like a lifetime ago. And then like kept competing from there, like kept going, kept going. And within that first year, I ended up going pro. So it was 2017 to 2018 because I went pro in bodybuilding um, bikini in on July 28th of 2018. Wow, I can't remember. I, I can't believe I remember that. But went pro then um, and... I loved it. I really did. Like, I feel like at the time I was so invested in it and like it did teach me a lot. And I am who I am today because of those experiences. And I got to work with so many athletes within bodybuilding with coaching. So I ended up becoming a coach for that bodybuilding team for about three years, coached for a while. And then like, after I went pro, when I stepped off stage, I knew like deep down that I was never going to do it again. I was just Mm. like, I, I don't know. I just couldn't get myself to do it. I couldn't put myself through that kind of stress again on my body. Um, my mind, I was so mentally just like, honestly effed up in the mind with food and all of that, but I didn't allow myself to just let go right then and there. It took me two years of like basically contemplating and thinking and going back and forth. Like, do I want to keep doing this or should I like try to find a better way to be healthy? Because I think the whole reason I got into bodybuilding was for, like I said before, self-improvement, but also just to like, because I thought it was the healthiest thing you could be. Because at that point, my thoughts were that health equaled how small you could get or Mm -hmm. how much body fat you had on your body. Like the little, the smaller amount, the healthier you were. And I just like came to realize that that was probably the unhealthiest I had ever been. And my whole goal in life, and I can remember telling my bodybuilding coach this, I was like, I just want to teach people how to live a healthy life. And I told, I would say that while I was bodybuilding, I would say that while like just to myself, just like, this is all I want to do in life is just teach people how to be healthier. But I think it took me like going to that extreme of bodybuilding to 
like really understand what health was. Um, So that definitely taught me a lot about what health was and what I really wanted out of being healthy and like having a higher quality of life is honestly what I describe as being healthy. Um, So yeah, I guess we can going yeah. from there. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> no, yeah, that's great. I actually didn't know that you were a gymnast for 10 years as well because I also was. Really? Um, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So, and I can understand what you were saying about how like your sports ended. Like I didn't do high school gymnastics, but I ended up playing like soccer and basketball in high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember also when I was done with that, I was like, okay, now what? And that's when like I got into weightlifting and things like that never personally did bodybuilding but it definitely was something that I filled my time with and overdid became obsessed with and I think anything that you focus maybe a little bit too much on like your brain becomes so much so focused on it it like almost becomes like an idol and like you forget everything else that's important like around you which is sad but I can understand what you're saying there right. um right. and also like how when you stepped off the stage I literally like got the chills when you were like I stepped off and like knew I wasn't gonna do it again because like that's a crazy thought when you were so immersed in that world for so long and change is a scary thing like it's it's scary to take that step and change and like view health from like a different lens like you were saying so yeah, but that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course. And like when I, I literally just got chills when you said that, like the second you stepped off stage, you knew. And it was so hard because like my whole life was like at that point when I say my whole life, I mean like talking about like social media and business, like I was working with a bodybuilding company, my social media, everyone who knew me on that platform was just like, oh, you're a professional bikini bodybuilder. Like you have an eight pack abs and you're, you weigh 105 pounds. Like, and that's just, that was like my identity. So it was so Mm -hmm. hard. It took me two years to really just be like, okay, I cannot do this anymore. And I like for those two years, I was just like still on social media, like portraying a version of myself that wasn't me. And I think that's like, like, I feel so guilty even just like saying that now, because like, I think so many people on social media are just like so fake and I never wanted to be that. And I know like for the past two years, that's exactly how I was. And it's just been really hard. Like, I guess coming out about not wanting to do bodybuilding and just wanting to be an intuitive eater and teach people like a different version of health than what I was so immersed in. And I don't know, it's just been so difficult because you see people who like, unfollow you or like no longer get as many likes on your pictures or whatever because you're not preaching like oh you only need 10 grams of carbs a day (laughs) I mean that's (laughs) an extreme but um yeah it's just like so hard because people love extremes people on social media followers all of that kind of stuff they love extremes and I think that was the most challenging part for me was just being like I don't have to please everyone. Like I need to just live this life for me and please myself. And eventually that's what I did. And like 
best decision I have made for my mental, physical, social health. And yeah. 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 That's awesome. It's, it's difficult when it's almost like you build your brand through something because you're so immersed in it at the time. Like I know specifically for me, I, my Instagram, like following just shot up when I was posting workout videos every single day. Mm -hmm. And I should not be going to the gym six or seven days a week. Like that's not actually healthy for me, but that's like, I was like, Oh, that's what the people want to see. Like I need to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, and you get so caught up in it until you, it's almost like you have to, I don't want to say you have to, but like you kind of hit rock bottom and you're like, this is not sustainable for me anymore. Oh, for sure. I definitely hit rock bottom. I mean, and I was just creating a Instagram post the other day and I haven't posted it yet, but like, I knew I hit rock bottom when I would like, like I went to get my blood. No, wait, you're in, you're in medical dietetics. Maybe you don't have to do this. Yes. But, um, and human nutrition, actually, you probably do have to do this when you do like the glucose monitoring of your own. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. Okay. So I had that class and it was as soon as I stepped off the stage from getting my pro card. And I, so I was, and I hate talking about like weight or numbers, but it puts it into perspective, but I was 105.6 pounds on stage. And then that day I remember clearly, and this is how messed up my mind was around like food and nutrition and fitness, et cetera. Like the fact that I can remember my weight from that specific day, just like, that's so sad. I, I don't know. So I was 117 pounds. So like I had gained over 10 pounds in probably a week. And just because, I mean, my body was obviously in starvation state. I never followed a reverse diet. I was like, I couldn't, I physically couldn't, my mind couldn't handle it. I like my body needed food. And the only way to get food was to eat freaking everything for X amount of time. Um, But anyways, on that day that we had to do our blood glucose testing, I my fasting blood glucose. So normal is between 70 and hundred. That's normal in case you like guys don't know, but my fasting blood glucose was in the two eighties multiple times with multiple different meters. I literally walked out of class like early, like as soon as I saw that I walked out of class, called my doctor, um, Dr. Bailey at Grandview pro fitness. If you're in Columbus, go there. Um, I literally called him and I was like, I need help. Like I'm, I think I'm dying. I was (laughs) freaking out. It was the most like traumatizing thing I've ever been through. Got to Dr. Bailey's office and we did like a glucose tolerance test. We did, and it was still like in the two eighties. It was absolutely insane. Like each time we did the glucose tolerance test, like each time we tested blood hours after, like it would be way too high. It was insane and I just knew at that point I was like yeah this is all from bodybuilding and like I can't do this to myself anymore and also like mentally I was like getting up in the middle of the night to like eat in my sleep which was like I would eat just like all of these protein bars and just like I don't know it was the craziest thing ever and I knew that there was no way I was going to be able to like continue that lifestyle ever again. Yeah. When you get the, the like actual health realization from like a health standpoint, like something that your body actually is not working correctly. Yeah. It, 
it can hit you. That's crazy. Cause like, I, that's like the diagnosis for like diabetes, like that level, like that's scary. Yeah. And he, so he didn't seem too worried about it. And we ended up doing an A1C test and it was 5.7. So it was normal, like very perfect. And he was just like, well, let's test it again in a couple of weeks or whatever. And I don't even think I got it retested. I haven't got it tested again, but I just know like, I am so much healthier now. Mm -hmm. And it was like, so hurtful for me to see that because at that point, my, like, I thought that I was like the epitome of health. I was the Mm -hmm. poster child for health and fitness. Like I was the healthiest person on this planet. Like that's literally, that was my mindset. And then just seeing that and like realizing, wow, I am not healthy in any way, shape or form, mentally, physically, socially, my social life was shit. Like there's just, there was no good, nothing good came from it. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, that's what society so often tells us. That's what health is. Like, I remember I thought, oh, like the thinner I am or the more shredded I am, the more you can see my muscles, like, oh, I'm more healthy. Like people are going to look up to me more. And like, the sad thing is like, Instagram did reinforce that for me. Like I was getting smaller and getting more attention. Yeah. And I think it's so important that we talk about like, people don't always share what they're actually going through. Right. And so we need to, I don't know, just take a step back and like, think about that before we comment on someone's body or comment on someone what they're eating in a day, things like that. It's just right. really important to put into perspective. I completely agree. And like Instagram is a scary place. And I, I mean, I love it. I have a love hate relationship with it. I love like, I love what I'm doing on that platform now, but I feel like I, I don't know, I've just learned a lot and it's, I've, I have to like consciously take a step back and be like, okay, well, this is not real life. Like let's buckle down and like get something done in real life because this is not real life. And I don't know, it's, it's just such a scary place. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can understand what you're saying there. 100%. Um, so I kind of have another transition question for you. So I know you've talked about how you've changed like what you view health as and everything like that. And I read a post of yours the other day. And I just want to know, like what getting rid of your food scale or even like your body weight scale has given you in life? Like what kind of freedom has that given you? Oh my gosh. So, so much freedom that I never thought like I cared to have at one point. I remember just like, like I was so attached to my food scale, like, and my coach would I mean, when you're a bodybuilder, like it is so extreme, but even after bodybuilding, like when I was spending those two years, like in the back and forth section of like, do I want to intuitively eat or do I want to continue bodybuilding and tracking macros? Like I would take my food scale everywhere, like restaurants to my boyfriend's parents' house, just like everywhere and weigh every little bite of food I put in my mouth. And with the body weight scale, I mean, same thing. Like I couldn't go a day without weighing myself. I would weigh myself. Like I would bring my scale in my luggage, like whether I was on vacation or going to my boyfriend's house to spend the night or my parents' house, like going to spend the night at my parents' house, like whatever. I was literally attached to that thing. And it would 100% dictate my day. Like if that scale was up 
half a pound the next day, I would freak and be like, what the heck? I'm not like, I don't know. I, I, it was just such a, a stupid thought because like body weight fluctuates so, so much. And there's no reason to ever like weigh yourself. Honestly, I truly don't believe there is really a reason to ever weigh yourself. Um, if you are just like a healthy human being, but what it took or what it gave me, like the freedom it gave me, like sometimes I take it for granted now. Like I don't even think about weighing out my food in the kitchen. Like I don't even think about it. And at first it was super scary. I was like, oh my God, like I was still like trying to guess like how many grams of peanut butter I was weighing, whatever. But Mm -hmm. now like I don't even think about it. And like I said, I take it for granted because I like, know how far I've come but sometimes I just don't realize it and like I get hard on myself for like having one bad day with food or having a bad body image day and I'm just like wow I've literally come so far I don't weigh my food anymore I can go out to eat with my boyfriend's parents and my parents and my boyfriend and not have to like get a salad with chicken and then ask for everything on the side and weigh everything out before you put the salad together and I don't know. It's just so crazy. Like I remember this one time and I was actually just talking about this on my um, call with my intuitive eating girls that I'm coaching right now. Um, How I one time remember being at my boyfriend's parents' house and literally like taking a corn cob and weighing the corn cob before I ate it ate the corn off the corn cob and then weighed the corn cob after I ate the corn to get like an accurate (laughs) measure of how much corn I ate. Like how messed up is that? It was miserable. Um, And then when it comes to like the body weight scale, that was a whole nother battle. I feel like the food scale wasn't that hard of a battle because I was just so sick of weighing my food. I was so sick of tracking my macros. I was at a point where like, I wasn't like binging anymore. I wasn't overeating. I was literally just like wanting healthy foods, like ready to, I don't know, fill my body with all of the nutrients it needed. I never Mm -hmm. like at the point of like going fully into intuitive eating, I was eating a lot of food anyway. So I could, I had a really good um, control or not control, I guess, a really good sense of my hunger and fullness cues. So I wasn't so worried about the food scale, but the body weight scale, I, that was like my last step of becoming an intuitive eater was getting rid of the body weight scale. And like, I don't know if you've ever read the intuitive eating book by Evelyn um, and Evelyn Triboli and Elise. (laughs) Now I'm blanking. Yeah. Yeah. So in that book there, like that's in the first chapter is just like, get rid of your scale. And I could not, I like, and I read the intuitive eating book after I had fully become an intuitive eater. So I like had never read it before. And then after I became an intuitive eater and like felt confident in my abilities, I then read it. And it just like kind of brought together all of the loose strings. And I was like, great, love this for me. So, um, the body weight scale, I, Oh man, it, I, it was my last little bit of control that I had over my body. 
And Mm -hmm. it got to a point and I was like consciously noticing that I would weigh myself still every single day. And this was back in like May or June of this year, but I would weigh myself every single day. And then depending on my weight for that day, that dictated what I was going to eat for the day. So if I weighed like a pound more, I would then eat less than I did the day before. So it got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm not really intuitively eating because the scale is telling me how much I need to eat today. So mm-hmm. I moved, I was living in Columbia, Missouri at the time because my boyfriend Trevor had gotten transferred out there. And then I had moved back to Kent, Ohio to finish school um, in August. So in August, I left my scale in Columbia, Missouri and just went to Kent without a scale and literally have never looked back. Like it's been so crazy. Like I have way more good body image days than bad. And like, obviously I still have bad body image days, but like, it's not dependent on the scale. It's like, usually my bad body image days come like the couple of days before I'm about to start my cycle. And now I'm like, okay, well, I'm super bloated because I'm about to have a period, which is a good thing. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I got rid of the scale, like never looked back. I mean, I think if I weighed myself now, I wouldn't really attach anything to it because I am so like comfortable in my body. But I also don't really have a reason to weigh myself. And I don't think like I want to dive back down that rabbit hole of like, even knowing. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that I mean, that's awesome that you when you moved from Missouri back to Ohio, you literally were just like, see a scale and like never looking back like I think that's so empowering and like but yeah I think it's so easy to become just very numbers focused and like when you have that routine and like it's like you get a high if the weight went down and you like and then you're upset if the weight went up and like Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that our bodies always deserve food it does not matter what the number on the scale says like And your weight is like literally means so little, like in the grand scheme of things, like there've been so many times in my life where I've been obsessed with my weight on the scale too, and scared when it goes up um, and everything like that. But once you realize like my weight does not predict like my value as a human being, like it's what's on the inside, not the outside. Mm -hmm. That's just such an important realization. And once you get there, it's like your whole outlook changes, I think. So, right. Right. And just for the people out there who are like struggling to let go of how much you weigh and that number, like your weight does not define you and never will. No one knows your weight. It's, it's literally there and it means absolutely nothing. And I think it's so hard to realize that because we're in a society where everything is about weight loss. Everything's about how you look every, Mm -hmm. especially coming into the new year, like everything is, oh, how do you want to go about losing weight this year? Like it's always focused on weight. The fitness industry always is focused on weight. Like I remember when I was bodybuilding, every time I hit a new low, I had to take a picture, post on my story and say new low. Like how messed up is that? And now Mm -hmm. it's just like, no one needs to know your weight and just like no one needs to know the size of your jeans either like buy the freaking jeans that fit you and move on yes 
Yeah. And it's so interesting, like, because it really is like, it's like an internal battle because like you said, people don't know what you weigh. People don't typically know what jean size you wear. It's like an internal battle with yourself. Yeah. So it's really just about reframing those thoughts in your own brain. And then it's kind of like, it's kind of like, but I'm, when people say, but I don't do this for other people, like I do it for myself. And I'm just like, okay, well, you have to think like, are you fighting against your body right now, trying to make it a smaller size than it actually wants to be? Or are you doing your body a favor by trusting it and allowing it to go where it needs to go to be healthiest? And I always say your healthy Mm -hmm. weight may not be your ideal body weight. And that's okay. Like my ideal body weight was always between 120 and 125. And there's just something about that number that is like everyone's ideal body weight. And I'm just like, no, like I, I'm not 120 to 125 pounds at all. And like, I don't care. It's just, it doesn't mean anything. So right. your, your healthy weight is the weight you can effortlessly maintain without any kind of restriction, any kind of like mental stress. And yeah, it just, it's going to be different than your ideal body weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while you were talking about clothes, I thought of something that I've heard once and I think it's so true. It was like the, the clothes are meant to fit your body. Your body's not meant to fit yes. the clothes. Yes. And I exactly. think that's so, so powerful. Yes. In yeah. my, in my program for intuitive eating, um, I have like a section that is or even like, no, it's the body image week. It's the section. And it's just like, it tells them my girls who are doing it, like you need to get in your um, closet, go through everything that doesn't fit you and get rid of it. Do not keep it in case it fits you one day, just get rid of it. And then treat yourself to a shopping spree, buy some nice Mm -hmm. basics and don't look at like the size of the clothes. Just go in there, try it on, get get what fits you. And that's another thing that think about is like the fashion industry and just like clothing retail stores, they're always going to be on different sizing, I guess, charts, you could say. So what Mm -hmm. the pants that are like a 26 in one store is not going to be the same 26 in another store. So that is something to remember too, that it's different depending on store and not everything is standardized. Yep. 100%. And I'm actually like currently in the process. I'm at home now for winter break and um, my parents just moved. And so I have a ton of like old clothes and boxes that I need to go through, but a lot of them are clothes that I don't wear anymore. Mm -hmm. And the other day I came across a box of clothes and it was like, I'm not even going to say the size, but very small clothes. And I was like, I will never wear this again. Like downloaded Poshmark on my phone was like, all right, we're selling this. Like Let's let's do it because I don't ever want to see these again, honestly. Yes, yes. I have gotten rid of so many boxes of clothes um, just from like competing days. Like my closet is essentially empty now because like I just one, I mean, I'm, I can't, I'm still in school. I can't afford to just buy new clothes all the time, but (laughs) um, 
I just have in there like staple pieces that I wear most weeks and all of the clothes I got rid of. I mean, I pulled out like a pair of shorts that were, I kid you not, like the size of my hands. And I'm just like, how did I ever fit into these? They were just so small. And I don't know, it just almost like breaks my heart to think like I probably put those on and didn't even like feel good in them because I still wasn't satisfied with my physique. Mm -hmm. Yep, because you get caught in thinking there's always room for improvement and there's always things I need to fix about myself. And you always think that you're never enough and that you Mm -hmm. always have to like continue to get better. And that's where the self-improvement that I was talking about earlier kind of comes into play like that like weight loss is usually started as a way weight loss or dieting or like building your physique is started as a way as like self-improvement for most women. And I don't think there's anything wrong with like wanting to improve yourself and have healthier behaviors and become healthier. Like I 100%, like that's what I preach is just overall health, but weight loss or like being unsatisfied with your body is typically what happens after weight loss. And that is not a ways of self-improvement. Being unsatisfied with yourself is the opposite of self-improvement. And I think that's what a lot of people just don't, like can't get through their head, but Mm -hmm. you live and you learn, you know? 100%, yeah. All right, so I have a couple final questions for you, Addison. Um, My first one is advice that you would have given your younger self. Maybe that's when you were in, college and your bodybuilding days or a gymnast in high school, just advice that you wish you would have heard when you were younger? So I think recently, I've kind of started really believing in what I really think is right. And when I was younger, or even like these past couple years, I always kind of looked to other people for my own beliefs and like shaped my own beliefs around what other people believed or how they approach their life. And I think I wish I would have started shaping. I would tell myself to just shape your own beliefs, like take others thoughts and opinions into consideration and like, don't just straight up be like, that's wrong, but also like shape beliefs for your own. So like hear both sides and understand both sides and then figure it out yourself. And that's probably what I would tell my younger self is to just always trust like your inner instincts. Mm, That's great. Yeah. Don't always feel like you need to rely on that validation from others. Right, right. Exactly. Okay. And then my last thing that I want to ask you is just what would you say is your favorite quote that you live by? Okay, so I was shopping. (laughs) As I say, I'm poor and have no clothes. I was Christmas (laughs) shopping the other day and walked into Altered State. So Altered State is just uh, another clothing store. Um, And I saw this quote. And this is super recent. So it's not like this is a quote I live by. Um, But honestly, like this quote like stuck to me. I was like, I have to share this. Um, so it says, girl, read your Bible. You can eat all the kale, buy all the things, lift all the weights, take all the trips, wash your face and hustle like mad. But if you don't rest your soul in Jesus, you'll never feel peace and purpose. And I like literally got chills. I was like, wow, that is 
so freaking true. So that is something that I, I think like is going to be my, I live by quote. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. That's that like actually just hit me right now too. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wait, write that down for me. <laughs> hey, That's I posted so it. I posted it on my Instagram. So go screenshot it. <laughs> I definitely will. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Addison. And um, if anyone listening to this podcast wants to contact you or has, has specific questions, where should they do that at? Um, so, well, thank you for having me. I think this is super awesome that you have started your own podcast about this type of situation because it's nice to have a space to go when you're going through like a place of finding your balance. So I think this is so awesome that you started this, but you can find me. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram as at Addison Barnhart, Addison with one D. Um, so you can find me there. And then, yeah, honestly, that's pretty much all I do is Instagram. I love, I love Instagram, but, um, yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah, guys. So go tap that follow button on Addison's profile and you'll receive a ton more inspiration beyond this podcast. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, make sure you rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or follow it on Spotify so that I can reach more people and help others to find their balance in life.